Welcome down to my nine-foot homemade oak bar. Pour yourself a cold one. You are listening to Bucks in the Basement. My name's Chris, and Craig here is the biggest Pirates fan you'll ever meet. Let's talk Pirates baseball now. Welcome to Bucks in the Basement. Now I see the changes in this town. They change, they say one thing, but then the next day. Fantasy baseball team, uh, Jose Quintana. So uh, we'll see whether or not my jinx holds up or if he continues to be great, Craig. Yeah, Chris, you are, uh, I don't know, we, we had a whole episode you know, dedicated to Jose Quintana and how we would possibly extend him if he was pitching this well into, uh, I think we were saying like June, July area. And he goes out and, and throws another, this time a gem, like, you know, the Reds only managed four hits in the entire game. The Pirates managed zero and still win, which is amazing because that's only the sixth time that's happened in Major League Baseball history. But the real story kind of buried in all of that is Jose Quintana, a, another really good outing, and he is by far your clear-cut best pitcher on your team. And I will also mention second good outing in a row for your boy – Zach Thompson. Yeah. So Chris, you you actually you're actually so maybe if, if Mitch Keller comes around here now, right. maybe you pull the trifecta. But right now, like you're two for two on these ones. See, but right now the guy I'm looking at is JT Brubaker. See, I'm looking at I love the I love the the whip statistic, the walks and hits per innings pitched. We we were just we were just joking because as we were recording this thing, Johnny Cueto is back in Major League Baseball, right? And we were both like laughing, like Johnny Cueto's back. That's crazy. Like, isn't he done? And you pulled up his stats, like waiting to find something like this made no sense that he was pitching again in Major League Baseball. And you're like, you know, his whip just really stays low all the time. Like that makes me believe that he's going to be a good pitcher. And and it's keeping guys off base. Walks and hits per innings pitched. A guy who is seeing his whip slowly but surely move into acceptable top three starter, probably second or third starter in a rotation range. He's just a little bit off where I would need him to be, and that would be below 1.30, JT Brubaker. Uh, what have you thought of him lately? Because I'm I'm noticing he's keeping guys off base. And and to me, a lot of other things can be factors, your, your defense, uh, whether or not a timely hit comes in. But if you're keeping guys off base, that's an indication to me that overall – you are effective on the mound. What do you think of him right now? I mean, he's got the second lowest whip on this team amongst the starters. The second lowest whip. He's at 1.385. By comparison, Keller, Thompson, and Bryce Wilson, even though he uses an opener, and we all saw what a disaster that was on Monday night here against the Cubs. Uh, but all those guys are above 1.50. They're, they're nowhere near it. They're not starting pitchers when you look at their stats, at least for the start of this year. They may have had a good game, but the bad games against those good games, they still haven't put it together. You know, you would if you looked at their stat line, you'd be like, that's not a starting pitcher on any kind of contending team. But Brubaker's right outside that range. 
it, he got bumped back up. I you know not not this past week. Um, I think it was the week before. Dates kind of like run together for me. I uh, but he had like a nine strikeout performance, five innings. But his last three outings, he at he has gone five innings each time. You know, the base on balls aren't where they were in the first two outings of, you know, like three and four times on. He's like maybe one or two guys. I In in his last three outings, he did give up, you know, those those home runs that were really the crux of, of what killed him the second half of last year. But once again, like, if you can limit that when it's, you know, nobody on base or something, then... You know, they might not hurt as much, but he definitely has, I mean, everything's just been going down. The ERA's been going down, you know, the the FIP is getting into, like, a, a very normal range. And like you said, Chris, the, the whip itself, which was, you know, god-awful <laughs> after his first few starts, you know, has, has started to, I don't know, I want to see something. I want to see a little bit more. I want to see him not give up a home run you know, for like a couple weeks at a time. Like, that's just what I, I would need to see from Brubaker. He's definitely been pitching better as, you know, some people, like when you see an outing, like we're recording on Monday night and, you know, Dylan Peters and Bryce Wilson go out and do the, you know, opener piggyback and give up eight runs and you just see Bryce Wilson pitching so terribly I mean, JT Brubaker can look a little bit better by comparison, but when you put it up against the metric that, that you know that you use and that you know I I like a lot, and it doesn't really lie. If you don't put guys on base, you have you know less chance to let them score. He's definitely looking better. I, it's just I'm I'm waiting to see you know him to have two or three good outings in a row. And I, and I hate to say that and not give up a home run, but he has, he has looked crisper. He has looked like that. He's putting the ball in the spots where he wants to put them as opposed to, you know, before he was throwing a lot outside of the zone was reminding me of, uh, one of our good old friends, uh, Mr. Williams, who, you know, blocks me on, uh, on Twitter and, and still to still does to this day, where he, if the guys weren't chasing his pitch outside the zone, he was he was coming into some trouble, uh, and that's what happened also at the end of last year. But but Brubaker, I don't know. I, I don't know if I can co-sign on it completely. Like I said, you've been right two out of three times, Chris. I'd, you know, fifty percent would still be good. Uh, three out of four would be great if you could get another pitcher in this rotation, you know, pitching well. If you could get three guys pitching well, and and I did see somewhere that for the month of May that were like one of the top three, you know, p- pitching rotations in, in the national league, you know, the ERAs come down into like the three. So they are pitching better as a group. You know, tonight's not obviously not going to help very much, but yeah, it, it, it would be helpful. And, and I, you know, I want Brubaker to be good. I'm just very cautious after, you know, how much his, you know, how much he plummeted in the second half of last year. No, I understand that. But even with the plummet that he had last year, when you looked at his overall body of work, there were a lot of positive signs in the numbers, okay? He did keep a good amount of guys off base. It was acceptable, his whip. How he kept guys off base was acceptable. His his fielding independent pitching has improved a little bit so far this year. His ERA is high, which is, which is disturbing. 
But but generally, when I'm looking for pitchers that are going to take the next step, the first thing you see is they're keeping guys off base. The next step after that is now they're stopping guys from scoring. They're cutting down on the runs that they're letting cross. But normally, that's preceded. You know, before that, you start seeing their whip lower. And so that's why I see a positive sign with him. Like if I were evaluating him right now, if I were evaluating the, the, the Pirates pitching right now, again, if it continues the way that it's going, Quintana, I would consider extending him so you have something in there. And he's probably a, a top half rotation guy. And Brubaker's probably a bottom rotation guy, maybe a four or five starter on a contending team right now. And the other three haven't shown me enough yet. I mean, there's promise with Thompson. There's promise with Keller. Uh, even Bryce Wilson with the opener hasn't been terrible. But but right now, those are the only two that I would sit there and say, I see something here. Because that was what we talked about a couple of weeks ago. We have to find five starters, or at least four, right? I mean, you're not going out into the free agent market and signing three free agent pitchers. Have you seen how much they cost? So we have to find these guys. And so I see positive things with a couple of guys now, and I'm, I'm happy with it. What's going on here? Ben Charrington just... Uh, he picks up guys based upon their first name. Yeah, I mean, I, I, that's what I was thinking. I mean, I'm like, you know, Tyler Beatty, Tyler Heineman. You know, we we need some re- relief pitchers, and and this guy, you know, has some pedigree and and kind of used to be good, and has not been good <laughs> his past two years. I mean, he did get a little bit better this year. He had an ERA of 27. Of course, that was only in one inning. Last year for the Giants. This year, 466 ERA in in six games, 9.2 innings. <laughs> that whip, Chris, 2.069. So that's gross. A whip in the just, twos makes me want to vomit. And that's and that's for a reliever. I mean, that's just Ugh. like I mean, as a starter, that's Ugh. bad, but as a reliever, um, but like I said, this guy right here, he's first round, you know. 21st overall and and this was in like in back-to-back drafts for him so when he was in high school he was a first round pick for uh the the giants yeah and and then he was no wait a second sorry he was a first round pick in, in both of his drafts so as a high school pitcher he was a first-round draft pick by the Toronto Blue Jays, turned them down, went to Vanderbilt, then was a first-round pick for the San Francisco Giants, and and was one of like you know the Giants' top prospects, pitching prospects. Thought something was going to come, and he just never really put it together in the minor leagues, aside for you know a few starts in 2019 in AAA. It looked like he he might have been like turning the corner. So I can see why Charrington, it's it's just another one of those kind of dart throws that if this guy can be turned around, you know, you could turn him, you know, back into the starter. You know, he's he's he still has that, you know, that in him. He was a starter all last year in AAA. So, like you said, Chris, looking for those starters and you see a guy that has, you know, the potential, that has the pedigree. So, I I don't know. But to me, like, you took him 
and then you get rid of uh, Bo Solser, who you know was pitching pretty well in AAA this year for us, and then you know he ends up getting picked up by the Orioles. So uh, some people I know were a little bit disappointed in that, but to me it's like okay, Bo Solser, Tyler Beatty, like I don't see much of a change. Bo Solser's a guy I liked, never was a top prospect, never had the pedigree, and just kind of worked, just was a very hard worker. And you replace him with this. Did I see Bo Solser as a, a part of the future? Probably not. Uh, do I see Tyler Beatty as part of the future? Probably not, but maybe, who knows? Tyler Heineman, you know, second Tyler. He's a backup catcher. I guess they didn't like Andrew Knapp. He's a little bit too mouthy, getting tossed out of games. You know, I, I don't really know. And then you go and get Tyler Heineman to back up Michael Perez and, you know, Josh Van Meter. He's made a couple of moves. I, you know, the more interesting move is Cole Tucker, no longer with the uh, the Major League Club. And, uh, it, and it may be possible that Cole Tucker will never be able to come find you and punch you square in the face. Remember when you boldly yeah. said that? Not even this year, like it was like a year or so ago. You boldly said on this show that if he was able to, was it he, he had to hit 200 or was it 300? I can't remember what it was. 300. He had, he had, he had to hit 300. You probably would have been able to do it with 200 too. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's it's pretty close. You know, you could have gotten away with 200, okay, as he heads back to the minor leagues with a 175 average. All right. I mean, you could, you probably could have done that. Cole Tucker down. Do we ever see Cole Tucker come up again? I think that's. I think this is it for him. Are you done I, with I, him? I, well, Chris, I you know I've probably been done with him longer than than most people have been done with him. Like I said, I I wanted this kid to be good, and, and it wasn't like this hatred towards him. I just never saw it. And now when it's like okay, he's he's only gonna he's gonna focus hitting left handed now. I mean, I was even giving him a shot after you know seeing him hit a grand slam and making a great play you know, in person last year, looking at least better than he had during, you know, other spring trainings. We saw a, a change in the swing, you know, but when it comes down to it, I mean, I know he, you know, was on the COVID IL for a little bit there or whatever it, it ended up being, but the guy had, did not walk once this year, struck out like 25 times. You got it exactly and, right. In like 63 plate appearances and or at bats, I can't remember what, what it was exactly. It's the same because he never, he never took a walk. So he had the same amount of at bats as plate appearances. Yeah. Oh, that's right. So God, <laughs> I, he's confusing me. Right. I know. So he's good. Here's a guy. Yeah, and here's he, a guy. Let's think about this. He played in 154 games. I've got it in front of me. He had 436 at bats officially 469 in plate appearances because he never really liked to take walks. And he has career stats of 211 with a 259 on base percentage, a 314 slugging percentage, an OPS of 573. He, he's not a good hitter. And he nobody is good enough, I think, at defense to make up for that. And he was not able to make up for how bad of a hitter that he was. Interesting kid. You know, had crazy hair, was drafted in the first round. But I, I'm with you on this. I just think that... At some point, Ben Charrington is going to do what any GM does when he comes in and he's got a bunch of guys that have these like, well, we drafted him high or, you know, the team really believes in this kid, but it's not his kid, right? 
and and he gave him a bunch of opportunities. But I'd be shocked if he doesn't want to bring up a guy who he acquired and give that guy a shot before he gives this kid a shot again. You know, I, I think at this point, if I were him, I'd be like if somebody called up and said we'd like to grab him, you know, or he'd be included on a player to be named later list going forward if there was a trade. I mean, I just I don't think that Ben Charrington brings him back up. He would have to go down to the minor leagues and hit 400 for like two months to get one more look. That's that's kind of how I see it happening. That isn't going to happen. Yeah, because, I mean, they brought up Rodolfo Castro to replace him, which, you know, that's not a Charrington guy, but it's somebody that Charrington kind of, you know, surprisingly in some ways fell in love with over the 2020 season when, you know, he was out in Altoona. And, and when we spoke with, I think it was Garrett Mansfield, who was the the broadcaster for Altoona at the time, said that Rodolfo Castro was the guy that was showing up the most in those games, like, and was impressing the most. You know, he got brought up last year, five home runs in his first five hits. That's that's a major league record. The Pirates are good at, at you know, getting themselves in the history books for, like, very weird things. You know, like I said, winning, winning a game without a hit. That was glorious. At, you know. That was glorious. You yeah, know? so stuff like, stuff like that is, is very good. But it's also, you know, this is this is Rodolfo Castro's second year on the 40, man. And so, you know, it's like, okay, Cole, go down and work on your left-handed hitting. Let's see, you know, what Rodolfo learned from being up here last year in his, like, you know, brief little cups of coffee. And, you know, has he worked on his defense? He's showing, he showed better patience at the plate when he was in AAA because the big things for him has always been the strikeouts. Uh, still has fairly high strikeouts, but is walking a little bit more, showing more patience to the plate. The power that he was displaying in the past few years, only a couple home runs uh, in the minor leagues so far. But, you know, switch hitter. And he's also a guy who, you know, they think they can put into one of those, you know, utility roles. That's what they're really looking for. Because, like, I mean, they, they did that with Diego Castillo again and put him in right field. Like, he's not, they're not. It's not a very smart thing, but that's what Sherrington wants to do. So now you have, you know, Diego Castillo and Rolfo Castro, who are your, you know, second base shortstop outfield in a pinch kind of guys. So, and you still have, you know, Jack Sawinski up here. So I, I, I'm liking that Sherrington is, is giving these guys a, a little bit more of a look because I, I think you, me, you, and probably Ben Sherrington have, have had enough of a look at Cole Tucker. I've had enough of him. I really have. I know there's Cole Tucker fans that are out there. I know there's people that went out and bought his jersey because of the hype. But history is is riddled with first round draft picks that don't work out. You know, they, they, they're just it's just riddled with them. And and I just don't think he's working out. I think that this is this is a kid that just never was able to put it together. You know, a prospect is somebody who has potential to do something. And some prospects tap out at single A or double A. Some tap out in triple A. And some tap out in, in the major leagues. And he he was he's good enough to be a very good triple A player. You know? He's very good to be he's perfect as a triple A player. He's not a he's not a major league baseball player. I don't know where he fits on anybody's major league roster. Okay. The guy's a negative 2.1 career war over what would be essentially one year of baseball spread out over four with the amount of at bats and an OPS plus of 56 when a when hundred is the league average. It's, it's brutally bad. 
It really is. It's not like, like, here's the thing. If he wasn't hitting well, but he got on base a lot, right? If he, if he did something really well or special that you're like, we can, we can put up with these little, these little issues that he has like, well, you know, he, he doesn't hit very well for average, but he hits 40 home runs, but he's not that kind of guy that's, he's never was going to be one of those guys. So if he can't get himself on base and he can't hit for average and, it, you know, he really doesn't have a role on the team. You know, I think at this point, you just kind of have to shrug and say, well, that stinks. That's too bad. But I think that's it for him. You know, I always thought it was funny that uh, that like the national media used to always have him on. Right. Like MLB Network would have on Cole Tucker like every every like three weeks in the offseason. Yeah. How you doing, Cole? Like Harold Reynolds just loves talking to Cole. How you doing, Cole? Cole's a great kid. Cole's a good, good cat. I don't know if Harold Reynolds ever looked up what Cole was doing in baseball. He just <laughs> like like he like at no point did he like maybe Google Cole Tucker or watch a game that he was in like he did like I don't think he really got it. He was always like that kid's gonna make it. How how is he making it, Harold? Like that, it's some out of town stupid right there is what that is. It's a guy who just doesn't have time to watch all the players in Major League Baseball. Understandably, right? And Cole Tucker was one of those guys. Like he's got a great PR person. He's got an awesome publicist. Okay. He's doing very well with that. Maybe he's got a career in the movies. Okay, maybe he'll be a, one of these guys who goes from athletics into a, into a career in in television or the movies. He's already kind of hanging out with a starlet, isn't he? So who knows oh, what's yeah. next for him? Who knows? I mean, but I don't think it's playing Major League Baseball. If you can't make a team like the Pirates that will take anybody's cast off, think about this: anybody's garbage before they're out of baseball comes through Pittsburgh the last couple of years, right? Ben Sherrington will take a shot on all of you. You're, you're, you're newly released? Were you drafted anywhere in the first five rounds? Yes? All right. Did you have good numbers in AAA? Not triple, double A? Double A for a couple of months? Well, we might be able to do something with that. Like, that's what Ben Sherrington brings on. So if you can't make a team like that, where you were one of their first round draft picks and you were given four seasons going up and down in the majors to try to establish yourself on a team that was begging you just to be competent. I, I think that's it. You know, I, I, I really do. I think bringing him up anymore is just like when you, when you just don't want to let him go because you're afraid I'm going to let him go and he's going to be good one day, but eventually they're going to come to that realization that he's not. Yeah. And we keep on talking about like, you know, these guys that, that aren't Ben Sherrington's guys. So it kind of makes me think to a degree, you know, when, when is he going to let go of some of the guys that are his guys or to just even demote, you know, some of the guys that are his guys, you know, I mentioned, you know, Diego Castillo has been hitting well, but he's, he's, he may, he may need a little bit more regular playing time, which he would probably get every single day in triple a. Cause right now, I mean, you're talking about with the OPS pluses and stuff for this year, he's at a 71. Jack Sawinski's at a 70. So I, I wonder if there's possible moves that are coming there, but I but I don't know who would be coming up. Well, that's the question. Is there somebody tearing it up in the minors? Is there somebody that you're looking at, wow, they're good enough? They're they're in AAA right now, or they're playing so out of, in front of their skis right now in AA, you're like, it's time to bring this guy up. Is there somebody down there right now that you want to see that you think is ready for that shot? Because here's the thing. Before you answer that, think about this. If I look at this roster and I look what the Pirates are running out there every day 
And and you know what? I see far more potential in this roster than I've seen the last couple of years. There's some good here, okay? There's some building blocks. There are some pieces in this roster. Cabrian Hayes and Brian Reynolds are professional baseball players. One is doing very well, and the other one is having a rough start to his year, okay? Ben Gamble is a competent professional baseball player. Daniel Vogelbeck has been a competent professional baseball player. I don't know how much I believe that it's going to last, but maybe he's finally figured something out. All right. I mean, he was a guy who was a pretty high prospect. He is 29, though. So it's surprising if he's able to all of a sudden do this over a long period of time. Remember, I think his best season was in the shortened season because he only had to play 60 games. Okay. Uh, Other than that, I mean, uh, Michael Chavis is doing okay. Right. I mean, it's not, it's not, it's not, it's not awful. But, but other than that, there's not anybody that just like jumps off the page at me and I go, okay, well, this guy's a, a somebody that I, I don't want to let go of, right? So if I didn't name a player there, none of them are safe in my mind if I didn't name them right there. But who would come and replace them? Do you have somebody that you want to put at second base right now? Do you have somebody you want to put it short right now? Is there somebody you want to put out in the outfield right now? Is there somebody that you want to have just come up as a bat and move Vogel back over to first base and move on from Yoshi right now? Like, is there somebody right now that you're looking at and you're like, I want him up now? Or if you're waiting, then that's why you have what you have. Yeah, and for for the outfield, I would probably go there first. And and Cal Mitchell, you know, he's a guy that I wanted to to protect on the 40-man. I'd, I'd actually had him over Jack Swinski when, when we were discussing it, when I wrote about it with Gary, you know, and everything when we put out who we were gonna, you know, protect in the in the from the Rule Five draft that ended up, you know, not happening. It, he is, you know, leading the Indians with like a, a two ninety four batting average, has an OPS of like eight seventy five, leading the team or tied for the lead, I think, with Mason Martin with five home runs, and has just been a good player throughout the minor leagues. Obviously, that would require, since he's not on the 40-man, for, you know, somebody to be removed from the 40-man, <clears throat> maybe Cole Tucker, uh, since you have so many other people like, you know, the the Diego Castillo and the Rodolfo Castro that we just talked about who kind of already fit into those roles. And I know people have been mentioning that a, a lot of times, you know, Ben Sherrington isn't afraid to, to make that jump from... You know, double A Altoona over top of Indianapolis. He did it with Rodolfo last year. He did it, you know, with Sawinski this year. Minimal time for Max Kranick last year. All this different stuff, but the, the one thing he's never done it with, he's never done it with one of his top prospects. He hasn't done it with a guy like Lover Pagaro, who I've seen with Altoona, you know, in the recent weeks, getting some more time at second base. So I, I I don't know exactly what that means, but he's a guy that the bat right now I, I think would play in the major leagues. He is also, I believe it's leading uh, the Eastern League in in errors with, with 11, but I, I don't know. So I don't know if he would be brought up just yet, but, and I, I, like I said, I don't know how much more Cal would do than Swinsky, but it's like, okay, you got your little taste, Swinsky. Let's do a little flip-flop here. Let's give Cal some time up here. See if we want to add him to the 40-man as well. Maybe it's maybe it's an outfield of, you know, Ben Gamble, Brian Reynolds uh, paired with Jack Swinsky and Cal Mitchell for next year. So that that's where I would lean towards that. And, and you mentioned the one thing right there is Yoshi was his boy. 
he wanted to bring Yoshi back. How much more of of a rope does does Yoshi have? Like he's already got 105 plate appearances, got one home run, and and I I believe you sign him for the power. He is walking. He has 15 walks, 23 strikeouts, but once again, you're looking at like the 174 average, 518 OPS, 54 OPS plus, like. How much longer does that hold it on for? Because I know that a lot of times they'll say, you know, people have like these numbers. It's like after 150 plate appearances, you know what this player is going to be. After 300 plate appearances, you know what this player is going to be. Like, it, when does it get to that point for Yoshi? And and Yoshi is approaching like the 500 at bat mark, and he's a 203 hitter with 17 home runs. And eight of those came in like 16 games for the Pirates because then he started falling off at the end of last year a little bit too, which I had talked about and we had talked about when I know we had Mike Piersack on. Me and you talked about it. We pushed it around until he was finally signed. We're like, yeah, maybe we'd give him a year. That's the most we'd give him. Uh, maybe two, whatever it would be. But it, it wasn't like we were super excited and, and like gung-ho and had to sign him back. Because we did see the drop-off after I had written about it. We talked about it. After the Cubs saw him a couple of times, the Reds saw him a couple of times, he started striking out a lot more. He wasn't hitting those home runs anymore. And maybe that's the type of player Yoshi is. And he sure as heck can't play first base. The defense is just terrible. So that's another one. Like, when does Charrington let... That's his guy. Now I see the changes in this town. They change, they say... 